about Bill and the environment of pursuing curiosity. You know who you are, who you really are. Like, <laughs> you are listening to Everyday Educators on 1921 Radio. Everyday Educators, and we educate every day. Welcome back, loved ones. This is the Everyday Educators Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeremy, with the always beautiful Naomi. How are you, Naomi? I'm good. How are you? Just peachy. Just peachy. And for everyone listening, um, you can catch us each and every Saturday on 1921radio.com. And now you can catch us on YouTube and wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. So just type in Everyday Educators and don't forget the S. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Um, Also, you can follow us on our socials at Everyday Educators, but on the Spill app, it is at Educate Every Day. So, you see we have a lovely guest with us. Very special and blessed spirit. Grace and I presence today on the pod. She is an author. She is a teacher. She is a visual identity specialist. Today on the Everyday Educators Podcast, we have Miss Whitney Napoleon Matthews. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Where? How are you? Thank you for having me. I am doing well. I'm actually recovering because I just got back in town from, went to Atlanta. And this week, you know, with Columbus Day, it kind of went past fast. So I'm kind of getting myself back together, but I am doing well. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see that you're here and that you are recovering. So that's good to know. Good to, good to know. Um... The question that I have for both of you, you know, as we are settling in here, you know, the seasons are changing and I just wanted to know what you all are looking forward to most during these winter months. Uh Uh-oh, I think you muted up. Okay. Can you hear me? Oh, Uh, so that's a good question. Honestly, just um, more peace. Um, more relaxation and just being guided by the spirit and just just moving. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I told y'all she was blessed, so act right. You made me revamp my whole answer. <laughs> no, I hate being cold, so I'm like nothing. But yes, I'm, I'm, I received that and I'm going to steal your answer. Yeah, I want to be guided and be at peace and not be cold. Even though in Vegas it's not that cold, but it's still the desert, <laughs> so it gets kind of cold. Um, just kicking it with my homies, you know, I would say, uh, yeah, you know, I just fellowshipping, I guess, you know, to keep it, keep it on brand. Fellowshipping. <laughs> um, so we're going to transfer into our first segment, which is called Actual Factual. And this is where we have a conversation about some of like the latest news and the headlines. Um, to kick it off, I want to ask you guys. Uh, let me see. What's my question? All right. So to kick it off, I want to ask you to kind of speak to some of the woes or like just kind of general experiences when you were last looking for a job. Like when you think back in time when you were looking for a job, as as you both know, looking for a job is a full-time job. So just like talk to like some of those, some of your personal experiences. Um, Nay? You? Oh, you're the guest. Oh, Please okay. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Jeremy, I think that's a loaded question. Uh, it's a loaded question. Uh, I guess full, full-time me being really committed to job searching. Um, it was that, that automatic feeling of like anxiety, like uh, nervousness. Uh, just saying, okay, well, do I have all the bullets dotted? Like, do I have everything that they are looking for in a candidate? And I'm like, why do we got to go through this? <laughs> I'm like, why is it, how, how did we get here 
when we are looking for a job because at first they say well nobody wants to work but that's really not true it's like these companies are putting unrealistic expectations on their candidates and it's like well do I need to apply or do you actually want this position? Because what I found in my searches, especially in a creative field, looking for uh, art director roles or even graphic design roles, like senior graphic design roles, um, <clears throat> they have mixed um, descriptions in there that will probably suit, be suited for a, a coder or web developer or whatever. So it's like the descriptions are construed with like what actual role do you want? So it, it kind of got a little overwhelming. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to update my resume and I'm going to apply where I know. But then that was then. But now if I decide to apply as a consultant, um, it's kind of different. So it's like, here's what who, the bullet points. Here's what I provide. Here's what I bring to the table. And if it's a fit, it's a fit. Like I... I lost all the nervousness or anxiety when I apply for any opportunities now because it, it's just, it's a good I don't know, you know, <laughs> if that answers your question. No, no, that was great. This is great. What about you, Nay? Um, I just remember like Googling all the questions for all the rounds. And so I would just, since I was not working, I would just like sit at my kitchen table with my computer and like write out each question, write out my answer, um, practicing those answers and then like practicing with other people, which is like obviously a, an extensive process. But I found when it, like when I got the call for the interviews, like my confidence was like sky high because I felt like I had done everything I possibly could do to prepare myself for that moment. So. Okay. So that brings us to our story for the week. <clears throat> it comes from Derek Saul via Forbes.com. And Derek informs us that layoffs this year in 2023 are up about 200%. Now, thus far, Americans have lost over 600,000 jobs with, excuse me, 600,000 jobs, which is the second worst since the recession in 09. Um, the tech industry was hit the hardest at over 150,000 jobs, followed by retail and the healthcare field. Now, as we know, being laid off is a bewildering situation. If you don't have, excuse me, especially if you don't see it coming, right? So my question is, have either of you been laid off before? And can you speak to just kind of how you navigated that situation? Um, yes. Okay. To answer your question, I have been laid off before. And <clears throat> I don't know if it's the actual term being like a consultant. So pretty much the contract ended abruptly me and um honestly like I kind of felt it coming so <laughs> in that process I kind of like gave myself a mental prep saying any day now it's gonna come so was I nervous yes how did I handle it I was okay and when I say okay, it's because whether I saw myself at that company years down the line, I saw myself. But for me, I didn't see myself there. So it was okay when the layoff happened. And I just honestly updated my resume and moved on because a lot of times we get attached to the role, right? We get attached to the company because it's the job. But today, because companies are at will, we have to be mentally prepared that in a day now it's going to come. So as long as you just do your, do your best and just navigate the, the best way possible. But honestly, you have to do it with support because if this is your first time getting laid off, you're going to think like, well, dang, what did I do? And sometimes it's not you. 
it's the company, it's the organization, it's how they structured the organization and your role may have may not have been within their budget so they say right but really it's planning it's poor planning honestly um but with support and with guidance you will be okay because i'm okay and i've been okay so it's challenging at first but again with a good mental state and good support you can definitely um work through that I've been laid off four times, so I have seen, and in different ways, like, I've been laid off with, like, 30 days notice, I've been laid off abruptly, I was minding my business and went to work, and then a couple hours later, they were like, y'all are done, get your stuff, and you can leave, and so, like, the first time it happened to me, I was pretty young, I had just graduated from college, and so I was so I was sad. I was so devastated. And the people around me had worked like, like, for example, my mother's a teacher. So like she hadn't experienced that. And like, so I was just like, to your point, like I took it so personally, like I was crying. I was so sad. I was living at home. Now I look back on that. I was like, what were you even worrying about? Like, it wasn't a job in your field. It was a job that you had to like, buy books and put gas in your car through college like why were you crying like but again like you don't know and so like it feels very personal um and so when it happened to me the last time it was kind of like I I know how this goes I know what it looks like like I now am at a place where I know that it's not personal it's not me I think I I'm a hard worker I'm not perfect and I don't would never claim to be but I know I work hard I don't abandon ship when like things can get crazy in the office so like I feel like I have qualities that would help me to stand out but if it's that time it's that time like I can't do anything about nobody else can do anything about it and I also have and Jeremy and I have talked about this a lot like I have in the past seen my whole life in a job's eyes and Mm. so I I sometimes I take like the layoff as a sign of like you would not have moved on without this and so like to your point the spirit is kind of like it's time to go and this is the way that we gonna get you out of here because you wouldn't do it any other way so yeah that is so good hey man we just gonna say that, that. Is, that is so all episode <laughs> so in the article uh, brother Saul writes that layoff rates have slowed down in August and September. So, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully in the new year, the markets pick back up. Um, And we know that this can be especially challenging um, around this time for folks because of the holidays, right? That being said, there may be some people listening who are actively searching for work And, um, you know, for both of you, if you can kind of share the best piece of advice that you received when you were on a job search. So the best piece of advice that I received is that know who you are. Um, Trust your gut, trust your instinct. Um, about it, about what who, what company that you're applying for first. Um, but just know what you bring to the table and just stay positive in your search because it can be a little overwhelming and, you know, frustrating, but just stay on the up. And what I mean by staying on the up is that your experiences have brought you where you are now. So just add to your experiences. Um, never allow a layoff uh, or getting removed or fired from a company deter you from moving ahead. So just keep going because your experience, you're building on your experience to where you desire to go. So keep moving, keep going. Um, and just always believe in you, believe in yourself. Agree. My one little bit of advice would be to like speak up. And one job I got, or two actually, 
Um, it was because I was ear hustling in the coffee shop. Shout out to Sip and Saver. And someone was talking about how they got a job in um, social media management and social media marketing at a big company. And so I was doing the same thing before a nonprofit. And so I just went up to her and was like, I heard you talking about this. I work in that field too. I don't know anybody else that does it. Like, do you mind if we exchange information? And she was very gracious and wound up actually being um, a mentor to me. And we still talk. And in the same vein, when I was hiring someone, um, the person that I actually hired reached out to me directly. She had applied for the job and she was like, I put my application in. I want you to know, like, I'm really interested. These are the things that, like, stand out about me, blah, blah, blah. And so um, I wound up hiring her. And so it doesn't always work out that way, but I do think that speaking up, saying exactly what you want or what you bring to the table um, certainly helps you stand out in that process. Amen. Another amen. amen. <laughs> all right. Now, this is what you all have been waiting for. We're going to talk about uh, a young lady, a young, young Whitney back in the day. So there is a small school that is tucked right where Lake Park ends and Stony <laughs> Island begins. Some would say it looks like, uh-oh, uh, what's happening? Oh, man. When I say technology betrays you, <laughs> it just, see what happens? You know, I'm going to keep this in. See, this is what happens when you start talking about these high parkers. These, these, <laughs> these, these, it's, a, it's a special breed of Negroes that, you know, be in and around high park. So, like I was saying, it's a school. Some would say it's the Chicago Hogwarts. It looks like a castle. <laughs> <laughs> Called Bret Hart Elementary. Can so you please share with us, you know, about your time there at Bret Hart. But before we go there, we, we ask all of our guests this one question. <clears throat> if we had all of your elementary school, high school, maybe even preschool, if we brought all your teachers into a room, what kind of student would they say that you were? Uh, it depends on what teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe that they will say that I am a debt. I'm dedicated. I'm a helper. Um, I love to support people in ways that they don't think they need to be supported. Um, I was a class, you know, in grammar school, the teacher always picked like a student to help you like pass out papers or whatever. I will always raise my hand to say, can I help? Can I help? And I got picked. And then too, like I would stay at the school and just clean up the classroom or organize the, the desk. I don't know, I was that type of, of the child. So pretty much I had other mamas in the school. <laughs> okay. That's all right. Um, so yeah, please tell us about your time at Bret Hart. Uh, and, and also, are you like from High Park or how'd you end up mm -hmm. there? Uh -uh. So this is recording. Look. <laughs> Listen, so, we, we all know about, you know, the little address shifting that part. You know, for, for, <laughs> for CPS. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, so that part, um, so Bret Hart was great, but how I got there is because my mom is a bus driver. So she, um, with her connections and with the people that she knew, and then, yes, we did have family in Hyde Park. So that, that's definitely a plus. But because my mom is a school bus driver, she was able to um, partner with the routes. and But she also had a relationship with the teachers there, the principal at the time. And then my sisters went there, too. But more importantly, yes, the address and the zip code. So I'm honestly not sure how she did that. But the story that she has told me is that, oh, because I got connections. I said, okay, 
That's fine. Listen, we we um. not we not snitching on here. Plus, the statute of limitations <laughs> is up, so you know. But you got right? in. So how you I got, got there? You got there, and then so you know how was it while you were there? It was really good. Uh, I honestly been there since I was ki- since kindergarten. I graduated from there, so I've been there all eight years. Um, so it's an elementary middle school. I don't know how they how they say it now, but <clears throat> I uh, it was good. Like I was that chat. I was that student that again when I was younger, I wanted to help. But as I got older and started knowing who Whitney was. I think I may have been like a little rebel, um, uh, <laughs> just understanding, like growing into who I'm becoming. I, um, hold on, hold on. My computer is doing something. It's trying to record me recording this weird. Um, but I think about in the sixth grade, like I just started to be more of myself and like, oh, okay. Like I could use my voice, I could speak up, but I probably use my voice in a way that like, don't mess with me type of thing. Because at that, being the youngest sibling, by the time I got to sixth grade, I was by myself. Like I didn't have my sisters, but the good thing about that is that the people that I went to kindergarten with, they were there. So it's like I had friends. They became family. Um, to this day, like I still got 25 plus years of friendship because of that. Um, I'm a person that really admires or appreciate long lasting relationships. And it's really important because I think that's how you grow. But going back to your question, I believe my time at Bret Hart was definitely a foundation to like where I am now. And um, yeah, and I still have teachers. I still talk to teachers from there. So it's, foundation is really important. And whatever school it is, it's just you, that individual, like wanting to have that desire to grow or to just do things. But I believe my experience is pretty much a testament to where I am now. So it was it was a good experience. Either bad, any the bad experiences was bad, but they all work together for good. So I appreciate the experience. <laughs> okay, all right, and I, that resonates with me as well. I went to a, you know, same school, eighth grade through. I mean, excuse me, kindergarten through eighth grade. So. You know, those those folks are my family. So I definitely understand. Shout out to Persian. All my Persian uh, <laughs> Panthers out there. Um, okay, so you then go to South Shore. And you went to the old South Shore. Before yeah, the, it was, the, you know. Before it was an international. Like, yeah, what? yeah. Before they had IB programs and, you know, it was all shiny and everything. So was there any other school that you considered? And, like, what ultimately made you go to that school? Yes, thank you for asking that because nobody has asked that. So because I went to Bret Hart, of course I wanted to go to Kenwood because my friends went to Kenwood and I wanted to go to Whitney Young because my name is Whitney. Even though it's not in Hyde Park, but I wanted to go there. But because of the area code situation, they say, oh no, you have to, you probably have to go to the school in your area code. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, hearing about South Shore and just the people in it. I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm like, I don't know. But again, um, <clears throat> it was the last minute and I got stuck with going to my neighborhood school and I made it through. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> in fact, um, before, so yes, before they changed it into international school, there was called, uh, there was a school called, um, 1550. So in that process, they had like broken down the schools within a school. So like school of arts, school of entrepreneurship. So they had those schools in there, but because we came in at a certain time, we were the last school of 1550. So it was like a semester, they call it semester something, but it was an honors program. So me getting put into there, it kind of like relieved my anxiety about just this horror stories that I would hear about mm-hmm. South Shore mm-hmm. and I'm like okay I'm like I could do this um and then too within that program I established relationships and then to this day like I still got relationships from that so South Shore wasn't as bad as you we think but is it, it it all goes back to you like it all goes back to the person and how you um 
how you navigate your experiences is like it could it could bring you down or it could bring you up and I feel like my experiences it kind of did both it brought me down and it brought me up but more importantly it brought me up because it made me realize that there's more there's better for you know that so it's just learn the experiences or just learn learn from the times because I've had times um but but yeah it that was a jump going, coming from Bret Hart to go into Tasha, but it was a neighborhood thing. It was because I had to go to the school in my neighborhood. Can I ask how it got down to the last minute where you just like trying to figure out like your choices or what, like what happened in that time frame? It was literally last minute. Like <clears throat> I didn't have the support that I needed to like mm-hmm. push me through to, um, getting to that school I'm like okay well if I got here you know in High Park why can I not go to Kenwood or the school of my choice my dad he went to uh, High Park and my mom she went to CVS and I wasn't going to CVS uh, <laughs> I love I love all the schools but CVS and South Shore they were rivalries for real um, but honestly it was just literally the last minute like it wasn't pushing you know it wasn't like okay we gonna get you into this school and I'm like okay fine so it was kind of like literally the week probably two or three weeks before the school registration I had to register and I was just in it so I stuck it out wow well yeah 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 so before we go into your experience in college I want to touch on something that is near and dear to both of our hearts. I want to talk about Trio. Oh, yeah. Now, for those of you who don't know, (laughs) our government funds college readiness programs under the general umbrella of uh, Trio programs. There are, you know, uh, several of them. And so, Whitney, can you uh, speak to which program you were a member of? And, you know, kind of just talk about your experience with TRIO. And then you can transition into your, um, you know, experience while you were in college. Yeah, so I honestly believe Chicago State, the Upper Bound Program is the program that I participated in. Um, And it was housed at Chicago State. And I started there um, when I was starting a sophomore in high school. And again, so how I got into the program, uh, my aunt at the time, she was no longer with us. She was the admin for the program and she introduced the program to my mom. And then I had cousins in the program. So um, they just told me to register because at the time, again, it was like the district thing. It's like, I feel like I've been in this district type of situation for a while um, because they wasn't housing in the area like i believe south shore at the time was out of their um their target zone like they were only targeting um i forgot the the distance and jeremy you could share with that but for some reason that particular year they had opened up their um their recruiting district or zones if you call it and south shore was one of them and i filled out the application and i got in um, I was that student that was like, oh, let me see where I'm at because it was new for me. But as I understood what the program was doing for me personally, I took it serious. Like at first coming in as a sophomore, I was like, okay, I get to get away from home and, you know, meet new friends and um, just see what it is because we stayed on campus. And that's something that I wanted to do. Like I just wanted to get out of my environment to go into another environment. So getting into Chicago State and actually, well, the Upper Bound Program and actually, you know, understanding what they were doing for the kids, period. It was a lot, it was game changing for me. It was just life changing. And again, to this day, I still got relationships from that program. That's great. because honestly, Nay, I just believe that in order for us to grow, we we have people. God put people in our lives to help us in all types of ways that you would any that you 
wouldn't even think that you need help in. And just to think back and just hear myself talk about this, like each level in my life, I still got relationships in that and we have grown and grown. Um, so be, with Chicago State, they were definitely um, a, uh, a foundation to my college experience because living on campus and understanding what that campus life feels like, they took us on college tours. So they took us out of town. So they pretty much opened my eyes to seeing like, okay, well, this is more to, you know, just staying here in Chicago. Um, so they were really um, firm on, you know, you picking the school of your choice or making sure that the school that you pick has the major of your choice or the major that you desire. And they pretty much helped me walk through that process. Now, <laughs> going back to the personal level, being the youngest, of course, I had those stipulations to where, oh, I don't want my child to go away or I don't want this. And I'm like, OK, why? Right. So I did have those why questions. However, I understood why. And then, too, for me, because Chicago State took us on a lot of trips and tours, it's like I got to see the campuses. I got to see everything. And I'm like, OK, do I want this? I'm like, I could do this. But then me staying here because essentially I ended up um, getting accepted to Robert Morris. It, at the time, it was Robert Morris College. But then they switched it to university. So hold I on, got hold on, hold on. We're going we gonna to pause right there for a second. Well, first of all, RIP to Robert Morris. You know, they they, <laughs> they not here no more. So if y'all Googling it, you can't go there. It's now Roosevelt. But right. um, I wanted to interject. I'm going off script here. I'm freestyling. But we've all uh, have participated in Upper Bound in some form or fashion. And so, nay... As someone who has done several workshops there, I would like for you to just kind of talk to like your experience on the other side working with Upper Bear. And then Whitney, you could jump back in with your time at uh Robert Morris. Okay. Um, I loved it. Like it made me sad that I moved away and I couldn't do more because I think Jeremy and I talk about this often of like there's so many things that are out there that students just don't know our like actual jobs like my first job was at like my first job out of grad school was at chicago state and it was because i spoke up and i was the social media strategist and that that was like my actual job which led me to get another social media job at like a really big company and i had like benefits and a salary and like all those things and so when I went back to Chicago State to do a workshop, um, like a social media workshop for Upward Bound students, they were like, like, what are you saying? And I'm like, who like, who cares about their likes and how many people have shared? I'm like, okay, that's the data. You're going to be my data person. Who cares about their caption? They're like, I care about my caption. And I'm like, all right, you my copywriter. And so like just breaking down to them like, what those things mean in like um, a professional setting and how that can really be beneficial, which is why I feel very strongly about like not bashing kids for that or like bashing mm -hmm. kids for video games or bashing them for always being on their phones because obviously that's something that they're interested in and that is, there is a professional world of that. And as educators, like it is on us to educate ourselves about those things so that we can guide them in the right direction instead of being like you always on your phone get off your phone like what about your phone do you like what mm -hmm. are you doing on there like and figuring out those ways to make sure that they are supported or exposed to the things that they like so i loved it i love working with the kids um there's always like one or two that are just like rock stars and you're like i can't wait to see what you're gonna do in 10 years because you just on it um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy being able to, to pop up and do workshops with them. Um, one time I worked with Jeremy on a, uh, career day. So we brought in different people from different careers to come in and talk to them, which was really eye opening to them because I was adamant about like making sure that people showed up that they otherwise probably wouldn't have access to like, mm -hmm. We love teachers, we love doctors, we know they exist. We need the person that um, schedules all the interviews for the news because those people, 
there's also a job in podcasting where you schedule all mm-hmm. those interviews and you are doing all that research. So like whatever podcast that you're listening to or like short YouTube videos or interviews, like those are jobs as well. So um, it's fun. It's a good time. Does that answer so, your question? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get on my soapbox right now because y'all know I love Upper Brown. But mm-hmm. I will say that Nate just hit a point, which is why we're here today. That is the sole reason why we're here. It, it stemmed from the work that we were doing at Upper Bound, and that is broadening young folks' horizons, right? Like, there are you new careers. So better than me. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've written it down a couple oh, times. That's all. <laughs> Don't do that. But I, remember, I work for you now, so... Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, there are new, uh, their careers in emerging industries. There are, you know, a lot more sustainable careers and areas where they need people and they need people that look like us. And so we bring in folks into Upper Bound and now we continue that work here. Everyday educators, such as Whitney, someone who also I met because she was working with us at Upper Bound and found out that she was you know, uh, a trio alum and to show these young people that they can use those skills in new ways and in different areas. Right. And kind of scratch that itch when they want to do something, but they just don't know what it's called. And then they meet a Nate and say, Oh, I could be a social media strategist. They meet a Whitney. I could be a visual identity strategist. And like, I want to be like her cause she looked like me and I want to go to Robert Morris and full sale university which you are the second person that I met who went there. Whoop, whoop. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, like talk about college, um, talk about full sale, you know, your experience and all that good stuff. So before I went to full sale, I was, yes, I was at Robert Morris, um, graduated with my undergrads in graphic design, gra- well, graphic arts for associates and then the bachelor's um, design, graphic design, grad design of applied science, something like that. Yeah, I don't know the titles, I, right? Like, I don't know. But I got my associates and my bachelor's at Robert Morris, and then they did the name switch. So when I graduated, my degree said college. And then I requested that, you know, because it was a whole thing, like when they did the university, and then now to know that they are mer- they merged with Roosevelt, and it's like, okay, so now they're not here. So it's like, that was a stepping stone, right? But they they served their purpose for me in my life. Um, I got what I needed. And from there, I started my career as a graphic designer in the corporate space um, at a really young age. And I was really excited about that. And from there, I just been in the corporate, <clears throat> well, working in that corporate space for quite some time um, until I got let go. And yes, at a young age, I did get let go. And I honestly took it personal. This is because this was it was my first job. However, understanding what what I know now, it's like as what I explained earlier about just the leadership. It's like we when we put people in leadership and they don't take the time to get them get to know their employees or the people that are working for them, it kind of hinders the work environment. And I didn't realize that until I was out of it 15 years ago or, you know, 15 years later, right? Because at the time I was 19, 20, you know, excelling in my career and doing the things that I know to be good and learn and applying the things that I learned from undergrads to what I'm doing now. I was doing it, um, but I just kept going. I kept going. Fast forward, because I was working in the corporate space, I didn't go to full sale right away um, because I was working. But after me being let go from that opportunity, I started my business as a um, designer, you know, supporting small businesses and creating their brands and, you know, just doing the same things that I was doing at in corporate, but just doing it for small business owners in, in Chicago. And from there, I'm like, okay, well, I knew that I wanted to get my master's degree in this, but also... I enjoy film too. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was searching for schools and excuse me, let me back up a few seconds, a few minutes. Um, so at the time, Robert Morris university, they were, um, they had just opened a 
a master's program for design because if you know Robert Morris, they are known for their business school, mm-hmm. but they opened up a program for the design department. And one of the programs was a design manage a master's in uh, a MFA in design management. So pretty much um, just opening up the students, opening it up to the alumni that who that graduated in their graphic design in their graphic design role. So I was one of those individuals that received the grant to go. Um, <clears throat> so I went, but I didn't do good. Like I was in a space. Um, so after I was let go from that corporate space, it, you know, helped me realize what I needed to do as an individual and as a creative. So that's when I opened up, that's when I started my business. But then I said, after that, I'm going to be a consultant in corporate under my business. So that's what I did. So from 2000, oh man, 2009, 2010, I've been a consultant in corporate since then. So I have not been like a official employee for corporate since then. Um, And that was because of that experience. God pulled me out and said, no, you may just need to be a consultant. You may just need to bring in your expertise because they may not need you for a long period of time. They just probably need you for that season or that um, Mm -hmm. uh, project. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. So from then, um, when I started at Robert Morris with the master's program, I was in a contract opportunity. And with that opportunity, again, leadership, like they were switching leadership. So the new manager that was in that role could not understand why I was going from my, my master's degree. They just felt like I needed to be, I just needed to be satisfied with my bachelor's. I'm like, you're not uh, getting uh, to know. Listen. The disrespect. That part. And me, Growing up from the south side of Chicago, my attitude was a little attitude-ish. And I'm like, mm, you can't keep me in no box, right? Right. So, but did I say it that way? I'm like, no, I'll show you, right? So, they took me through a loop. Like, it was like a whole ringer. And it just made me feel a little, uh, it made me feel a little uncomfortable. I'm like, am I? and then it had me questioning, like, should I actually go get, you know, my higher education. I'm like, yes, because that's what I set my mind to. So anything that I set my mind to, I'll do it because I'm that determined individual. But because of that situation, I didn't do too good the first time around when I went to Robert Morris to obtain my master's degree. Mm -hmm. So I had to finish out the quarters because I'm like, I need a break. So that happened in 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like... Yeah, this not sitting too well with me. So I'm like, I need to do something for myself that is going to help my my future self, but also help the people that I'm called to serve. So with that being said, I started to search schools. And for my, uh, like what I really love to do, I love to do branding. I love to do, you just create brandings for businesses or, you know, solopreneurs and educational organizations. So I love to do that, but I also love to, work in the film industry as far as like being a creative director and creating the visuals or the graphics for that. So I was Mm -hmm. looking for a particular school that will give me those skills that I needed to, you know, use and apply into the real world. So I looked up full sale and I'm like, hmm, I'm like, let me challenge myself because being a creative, you got to be hands-on, like you got to be in the classroom. So full sale, they are in Winter Park, Florida. So they're not here. So they had an online program. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, let me challenge myself and do an online course and see how I do. Baby. So I applied. I got approved. And I just actually, the name of the school is Full Sail. So I actually sailed through the program and ended up graduating salutatorian of my class. And being awarded course director of my class. And I'm like... Like, this is what I needed to be where I am today, right? So getting that degree, because it's a terminal, it's called a terminal degree in graphic design because it's not you, anything after that, it'll be a PhD in psychology. And I'm like, yes, that's needed because when you do, when you develop brands, you have to understand the person, you have to understand the audience. So, you know, getting to know them on a deeper level, that's what the 
that's what that role will come in at. But right now where I am, I am called to serve individuals who um, have been drained and discouraged in their in their experiences, whether it's personal or professional. And I'm helping them pretty much trust a distinct value in their identity so that they can live out the vision that was given to them with no regrets. Because a lot of times we allow our experiences to hinder our progress. And it tugs at me when I see people not doing the thing that they desire to do. So me offering my supportive hand and saying, okay, this is step one, step two, step three. So me being where I am, it's, it's a, it is an amazing um, place. And I know it's going to be, I'm definitely uh, evolving, but where I am now, it's definitely a good place for, you know, individuals who need that support and to actually retrust themselves because they've trusted themselves in the past, but because of those experiences, they haven't found the right person to support them. And I'm that person. <laughs> amen. Come on. Listen, just the amen corner now. Beautiful. <laughs> I receive all of it. I need it like, I'm going to put some like hearts and some strings in the back. You know, we're going to make a crescendo. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so put, that, put that new Kirk Franklin on. But anyway, so. Mm. that and you said a few things that I want to just kind of dive a little bit deeper on Um, particularly the organizations who you seek out right those like small businesses solopreneurs minority organizations Um, I would like for you to just kind of go a little deeper into like why you sought out that group to work with um and why is branding and marketing important because like we work with you know the same population when we were under the umbrella of nomi social and they don't fully they don't always understand what these words are and mean they just hear like people reference and talk about it and so so why is branding and marketing and all those things important for those groups and like why did you seek them out Um, so honestly, like we so wrapped up in titles and, you know, we just get lost in who we are. So I call anybody that I serve is an individual. You are a person. You are unique to you. Right. Because if you think about these big brands, Apple, Nike, whatever, it's that one person that had that one idea that branched off. So I um, I support individuals and innovators because we are innovators in our own way, right? So the reason why I and this that's a really great question because that reason is still being developed, but the heart of it is because of um, the lack of support to actually carry out the idea that they have. So a lot of solopreneurs or you know small businesses they start, but they may not have the tools that they actually need. They have the general tools of what somebody told them to get, right? Mm -hmm. But for an individual or solopreneur, it's important to, you know, go through those steps. Like, don't skip steps. Just go through the steps and take your time because you are where you need to be for that particular reason, right? Um, But I guess all in all, it's it's my heart to um, help people just carry out that vision and just live it out because for me as a young person that wanted to do creative like wanted to be in graphic design I was determined to do that like by any means necessary like regardless of like my past experience my personal experiences you know they are distractions but if you have your your faith like if it's you have a strong faith foundation you can get through all things, right? But it's pretty much going back to what I value the most. Like I value someone who has a level of understanding, has a level of respect, and has a a level of love for themselves, but more importantly for um, God and the people that they are called to serve. Like it's really important for us to know who we are. So I guess going back to the general question, why I'm serving 
these individuals is because um, they just need that authentic, so they just need that genuine support to actually tell them the truth about their business and tell the truth about who they are and why. Because like a lot of times, like we just start something because somebody else told us to do it. But start yeah. something that is near and dear to your heart because it was given to you for a particular reason. Amen. Now the importance of you know branding, if you think about it, you are a brand. Like you are an individual. So in order to know who you are, you have to know who you are. Like in order for somebody else to talk about you when you are not in a room, like you have to know, you have to be confident in who you are essentially. Um, but yes, the word branding, the word brands, those terms get washed around or switched around a lot. Um, and working with the individuals that I work with, I let them know that you are a brand. Branding is the influence that you have on others and your identity is what you show out in the world. It's, it's all, it all goes back to you. Right. Um, and that's important as far as the marketing piece, it's the branding piece. It's help. It's the people that are in your corner to help market your services, your business, but it's also promoting, um, your values so it all goes back to your vision it all goes back to the mission that you are set out to accomplish but it's it's strategic it's all strategic and we just need to understand that and organizations need to understand it and I believe you asked about why I serve educational organizations is because I came from one the Chicago State Upper Bound Program definitely was a foundation and I want to serve more organizations like that to, to help underserved communities or um, uh, I guess that's a good term, underserved communities uh, and that's supporting kids that need uh, that extra help. Like they're, if they're not getting it from their home, they need to go into a different environment and get that support that they need to help them, you know, live out their dreams or their idea. Um, but educational organizations are definitely dear near and dear to me because I came from one and I know what it could do for you. Amen. Um, I wanted to ask about how did you land on the title of visual identity specialist? That is a good one because identity is important. So you will probably hear me say identity a lot. Um, visual is because a lot of times when you don't trust yourself because of your experiences you you don't see yourself clearly so visually you have to see what it is so i help you articulate that idea that you have and i show it to you so you will understand like what your idea is it does matter in fact you matter so being a visual person a lot of times my clientele they need to see um, what it is. Do we always need to, you know, see things? No, but because of the audience that I'm called to serve, because they have been drained and discouraged, they actually need to see the thing that has been inside them and to know that it is possible for them to carry out. So it's just, you know, coining those terms together. Um, and then the specialist part is just using my skills that I've acquired, you know, in my undergrads and my master's and applying them to the real world. So it's, me being that, um, I guess that skilled professional in that space, but identity, it goes both ways. It goes personally and professionally. All right. These I hope that all... answered the question. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, this is, uh, I feel very Zen right now. I feel, mm. you know, just, you know, consumed by the spirit, if you will. Yes, so I thank feel you. spiritually fed. Yeah, I'm morning. just like, all right, now that was in Philippians, you said? Like, that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> You're giving me Philippians vibes. So I will be on that note. You are not just a visual identity specialist. You are also an author. And I would be remiss if I didn't <laughs> talk about your books. You are published. She is an author, a writer talk about it um so please just 
what inspired you to kind of take that step, you know, and mm-hmm. produce these? So, <clears throat> mm, that is a touchy subject, and I get like choked up sometimes, but it's been a dream for me. Like, I, at a young age, I wanted to become an author. In fact, at the age of 15, I wanted to become an author, but because I was living in my dream versus living out my dream, I just needed to grow more. Can you just say that one more time? <laughs> like, we need that one, like, one more again. So instead of living out your dream, I was living in my dream. Mm. And what that means is I needed to grow more. Like, I, I needed to experience whatever life had in front of me, right? So ha- sometimes having that that desire or the determination to do or the ambitious to do, sometimes it could cripple your uh, path or it could, it could cripple you in, you know, doing the things that is meant for you, right? Mm-hmm. So just letting things flow the way that they need to flow, the right flow, not just go with any flow, but the right flow. So I wanted to become that, but because, excuse me, I was just, doing the thing that I needed to do it didn't happen so come 20 um 2019 I believe no 2012 I made a post saying I'm I will become an author I will you know write my story I posted that and then you know how Facebook um they have the memories Mm -hmm. so like every year I look forward to how I evolved Oh, nice. So I see, though, I'm like, dang, I said that? I'm like, wow, look where I am now. Like, I carried that out, right? So it's important to be that executor of your own dreams. It's, it's important because, again, you have the support, but you have to do the work, right? Um, so that was in 2012. 2019, I was introduced to someone, and they said, do you want to become a published author? I said, you talking to don't tease me I'm like who are you talking to and I was nervous I'm like because it was my first time sharing my story publicly like the Mm -hmm. people that are close to me they know it but you know because I've overcame it it's like I don't talk about it as much right but understanding that your story is attached to the people that you're called to serve you have to release that because it's not for you right so my story is not for me it's for the people that I am called to serve so 2019 I was tagged in a post saying, you know, do you want to become an author? So it became official in 2020, height of the pandemic. I became a published author. That was one book. I was a, well, I'm a contributing author to two books. Um, That was 2020. 2021, I became a second contributing author. And then in 2021, I released digital guides. So the digital guides that I released they're sharing my professional story and they're sharing my personal story, but it all ties back to identity and who you are. Like a lot of people, they think they are their titles. They think they're their, um, their roles and being wife, mom or whatever, but it's really simple, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Like once you understand who you are and whose you are, those things that you do is the gift that was given to you to carry out to support other people right so it's been a dream and just dreaming out loud or living out loud that's something that I encourage you know my community or my uh, clients is because it was given to you for a reason that vision that idea was given to you like it could be given to the person to the left or the person to the right but they're not going to carry it out the way that God told you to carry it out. So that's why I help people, you know, trust their distinct value in their identity and their idea, because it doesn't matter. Like there's a million graphic designers, right? But I am Whitney and I am, you know, a graphic designer. However, I am more than this. I'm this and that. I'm not just this. So can you, I I just have a follow-up question. Can you tell the people like where they can where we all can like find your books and read your books yeah so my website is whitneynapoleon.com 
And once you are on that landing page, you will see two options. It's the option to chat with me. And then there's an option to go into the website and it's pretty much the about page. And once you get there, um, it's the tab called products. And then you can find the products there. So I just want the people to know that I'm an author too. Hey. In third grade, I won a young author's competition. <laughs> the title of the book was um, DJ on Planet X. <laughs> so you can find it at the Whitney Young Library on 35th and King Drive. So oh just, my goodness. You know, she ain't the only author around here. So um, our last question <clears throat> excuse me, I said our last question encompasses the mission that we have here, Everyday Educators. So right now, at this very moment, there is someone in the castles of the high parks of the world, or they might be in the new development in the south shores of the world, a young lady who would like to be in branding and in marketing, who would like to become a visual identity specialist. The question is, what are some things that a young person can do right now to help prepare themselves to be just like you in the future? Um, to write it out, write out your goals That's a good one. and carry your goals out no matter what, because there are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be distractions is what we call them today. We all go through it. But when it's give it, when it's been given to you to do a thing, carry it out because everything works together for the good. Um, just stay focused and aim. When I say aim, I mean seek community that is like-hearted, not so much like-minded. Like you can get people that are like-minded. However, when you get people that are like-minded, they're going to think like you. You need somebody to think in the opposite direction of you with the same heart, with the same intent, with the same value. So never be afraid to reach out to the people that have been put on your, in your path. They've been put in your path for a reason, right? And we have all heard there's a, a reason, a season, and a lifetime for anybody to come into our lives. So my words of encouragement for you is just to write your ideas down, write what you want to do down and carry them out step by step. Ask for help because you will receive. When you ask, you will receive. And stay focused because we can get distracted. We can get distracted. But when you are firm in what it is that you want to carry out, it will happen because it's you. Nobody else can do it but you. You can have support, but you do it. So write out your ideas and your goals, ask for support, and carry them through the best way possible because everything works together for your good. Amen. I know Jeremy said it was the last question, but this is the last, last question. Um, what is the greatest book you've ever read? And then what is the last book you read? <clears throat> I don't know if that's a fair question. <laughs> um, but the greatest book. Oh, man, I probably should have been prepared for this title. Um, I, I read so many books, but the greatest book. Hmm. Honestly, I would say Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Not because that's my last name, but because that has been a foundational book. And then it's be, it, it has been not rewritten, but added with, um, oh man. I'm gonna just keep it there. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And the last book that I am reading is Disruptive Thinking by T.D. Jakes. Oh, nice. All righty. <clears throat> so, loved ones, 
I'm just going to keep the volume low with this. Keep it zen and peaceful because Whitney has set this tone. That is a wrap. Thank you for going on this journey with us. And Whitney, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank um, you so before we let you go, <clears throat> um, is there anything else that you would like to highlight? And I know you shared your website already, but if you could share your website again, your socials, just for where the people can find you. Yeah. Um, something I do want to highlight is that um, even though I'm in the creative space, though all the work that I do is creative collaboration, um, but two, it's more so now is helping those individuals who um, feel drained and discouraged. So with that, um, I've been creating digital guides for individuals to um, use the principles that I've used to help me overcome my um, personal struggles and my professional struggles. And I'm sharing that to say um, I'm on a mission to inspire individuals, you know, just by impacting them with words and, you know, just encouraging words, but also who um, who is seeking, you know, a fresh perspective and personal growth and personal development. Um, you can find me and my works at WhitneyNapoleon.com. Um, everything that I do is there. As far as social, I am on all platforms at I am Whitney N M. So that's I A M W H I T N E Y N M. All right, and we'll put that on the screen and all that great stuff for you. So, loved ones, till next time, keep teaching, keep learning, and keep loving y'all. Peace.